us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat, let's change the way we live, and let's change the way we treat each other. You see, the old way wasn't working, and so it's on us to do what we gotta do to survive. I hope I see more changes, and I believe we can know it become. If we all come together as one, make it better for our sons and our daughters being brought up in this harsh world. Yeah, it's hard, but we can't turn backwards. Put your faith in the practice, escape from the cage you've been trapped in and free yourself. Hello and welcome to Justice Social, a podcast about social justice. My name is Claire Williams and I'm your host. This episode will be a short introduction just featuring myself. I'll cover who I am, what I'm doing here and why I'm doing it. As part of that, I'll start to explore a bit about what social justice is for the purposes of this podcast and why you should care enough to listen. From the next episode, I'm hopeful that the social part of the name will start to take form and I'm looking forward to having some interesting and engaging conversations with other people about what social justice means to them. We obviously need to remain mindful to be respectful and not trivialise what may be incredibly serious issues for people, but I'm hoping that we can have a bit of fun too and I think that it's especially important when dealing with difficult subject matter that we don't take ourselves too seriously. I acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which this podcast is recorded and on which I live and work. Radio Karam broadcasts from the Karam Karam Swamps, lands traditionally owned by the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any First Nations listeners out there. I'd also like to acknowledge Radio Karam itself. It's an independent grassroots not-for-profit run by passionate local volunteers and special mention to Marcus, who's been my main contact point here at Radio Karam and is here with me today to make sure that my microphone is turned on and hold my hand if I panic about what buttons I'm supposed to press. I know a lot of people who have started podcasts and they've had to deal with just their mobile phone and trying to, to soundproof their laptops with portable mics. And I'm very lucky to just be able to waltz into a fully decked out studio, sit down and hit record. And it almost really is that easy. So if you're a local listener and you have something to say, some questions to ask or some music to share, I'd encourage you to reach out and have a chat to Marcus or one of the team. By way of introduction, my name is Claire Williams. Professionally, I'm a lawyer with my own small practice, Justice Crew Legal Services, which was established in 2017. At that stage, I'd spent 10 years practicing law, primarily in community legal and government roles. Prior to that, I'd had many years as a student and as a disability support worker. I had very limited experience in business and in retrospect, I had a pretty idealistic view of what I'd be able to achieve once I was freed from the constraints of the bureaucracy that's inherent in government and community legal work. But surprisingly enough, things didn't quite work out like that. There were some steep learning curves and some growth and then some streamlining, but I am a big believer that the wind will eventually get you where you need to go. So we tried some things that worked in the practice and some things that didn't and we'll keep trying new things because that's what it's all about. Justice Crew currently just consists of myself and my office manager Jemima and we've got an office based in Frankston and our current focus is on summary crime and family violence. It's a court-based practice so I'm out and about at our local magistrate's court more often than not and there's some quite obvious social justice issues that arise in that work. My work's also a big part of my identity and my connection to the community. I was a lawyer before I was a mother and I remember being on maternity leave with my first child and it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for me. And between the hormones and the sleep deprivation and the drudgery, I remember finding time to have a little existential crisis about who I was without work for the next six months. 
but I am, in fact, as we all are, connected to the community in a variety of other ways. Um, and while those days of early parenthood can feel very isolating, as they grow up, children do force you to become part of your local community. They've got their school and their childcare communities, their sports and their extracurricular activities. And I did notice as I was walking down here uh, to Radio Carum this afternoon, how many people are out connecting at the dog park over their dogs, playing tennis, playing cricket, playing footy. We all have extended friends, family and other social groups and are active members of our community in some way. Some people may experience that through cultural identity, through special interest groups, arts, music or limitless other means. But being connected to society, we all have a broad interest in social justice and we all have an interest in living in a society that is safe, free and fair. I acknowledge that I come from a position of particular privilege. I'm white, able bodies, educated, heterosexual, neurotypical, etc., etc. Apart from being female, I've got pretty much every attribute associated with privilege that there is. Before being forced to quantify my privilege, I wouldn't have self-identified as a particular privileged person, but that's the luxury of privilege, I guess, that it doesn't really affect or disadvantage you, so you don't really have to think about it. Growing up, I had friends that I was vaguely aware were richer or poorer than we were, and a, an awareness of some cohorts within the community that were suffering obvious disadvantage. I would say that I developed a strong sense of social justice at a pretty young age and that this continued to develop and evolve over the years. My activism peaked, as I'm sure it did for many, when I was an undergraduate student at Monash in the early 2000s. I was exposed to a variety of issues for the first time and I lapped it all up. And for a while I passionately raged against globalisation, the Iraq war, the oppression of Falun Gong practitioners in China and pretty much anything and everything else. And then I got older and I got a job and a mortgage and some kids and some Netflix. I continued to follow news and current affairs with interest, but I was busy. While it can be easy to joke about first world problems, the reality is that in modern society, we're all under immense amounts of pressure from various sources. I do find it helpful to recheck my privilege every now and again and to try and practice gratitude. If you're interested in checking your privilege, there's a wheel of power and privilege that you can Google, which is pretty self-explanatory. So this is a po podcast about social justice and we have to have a bit of a look about what is social justice and it's a very broad term, a precise definition can be hard to pin down. The Oxford Dictionary definition refers to social justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities and privileges within a society. Other definitions talk about economic, political and social rights, equality and diversity. Ultimately, for our purposes here, I don't want to be tied to any particularly restrictive definition. Part of the purpose of this podcast is to talk about different perspectives and to understand systemic barriers to justice through the lens of the people affected by them. For me, my interest in social justice stems from individual experiences. Of course, these are shaped by systems, but systems are a bit of an abstract concept for me. I remember after years working in a community legal centre being so frustrated with the systems that I decided to try and make a difference in a policy role. I lasted about 18 months. I was quickly disheartened and I ended up going back to a role dealing with individuals because that's where I found my passion. Just to build up some scope though, I've had a very high level look at the types of issues that might be of interest. While at this stage our focus is local issues, the reality is that we exist within an increasingly globalised system. 
From an international perspective, Human Rights Watch publishes an annual world review of human rights trends and developments around the globe. This includes reviews of over 100 countries, including Australia. Human Rights Watch describes Australia as a vibrant multicultural democracy with a strong record of protecting civil and political rights, which sounds great. And considering some of the stuff that's going on around the world and some of the countries we're up against, it's not particularly surprising. But there is a but, and the report identifies that serious human rights issues do remain within Australia. Two of the key issues, which did not surprise me, um, identified as tarnishing Australia's global standing, are the government's failure to address the significant overrepresentation of First Nations people in the criminal justice system and our treatment of asylum seekers. The report also expressed concerns about the violation of children's rights, particularly within the criminal justice system. Notes that in 2022, Indigenous children were 20 times more likely to be incarcerated than non-Indigenous children. From a children's rights perspective, Australia is also criticised for disregarding calls to raise the minimum age of criminal responsibility to the internationally recognised level of 14 years old. And there's finally been some movement in this space recently, but I completed a master's paper on this topic well over 10 years ago. I know it's been a long time coming. In terms of climate change, Australia remains one of the biggest per capita emitters of greenhouse gases and one of the largest exporters of fossil fuels in the world. And our government continues to actively support the expansion of fossil fuel industries through subsidies. Human Rights Watch also raises concerns about unreasonable constraints or inadequate protections in relation to freedom of expression and deficits in the protection of the rights of older people and people with disabilities. Looking at things from a national and state level, I had a look at the Salvation Army's social justice stock take. And as part of this stock take, the Salvos asked Australians to reflect on social issues within the community. They identified the top five issues that Australia's wanted addressed ranked by priority as number one, mental health, number two, housing affordability, number three, alcohol and drug misuse, and number four, family violence, and finally, homelessness. These rankings were mirrored in Victoria, although a slightly higher priority was afforded to mental health, and I'm mindful that the stock take was conducted late in 2021, where the effects of extended COVID-19 lockdowns may have been heightened here in Victoria. But I am slightly surprised by the rankings, particularly that family violence was not ranked higher, given what we know about the relevant prevalent statistics of family violence. In any event, the report concludes that Australians do care deeply about social justice, but they don't always know what to do about it. On that note, we're just going to take a pause and listen to a couple of station announcements. If you're down Karen Way, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Real estate. Oh yeah, little real estate. We want more. <laughs> Hello, I'm Con. And I'm Stav. And, and we're Eddie Nucky. You're listening to Radio Karam. Welcome back to Justice Social. So here we are at Justice Social, the podcast, to figure out all the answers. We're here to talk to the individuals whose lives and communities have been affected by social injustice in some way. 
We're here to talk to the people who have dedicated their lives to fighting for the rights of the marginalised animals or future generations. And I am hoping to promote understanding and empathy through human stories. I'm keeping an entirely open mind about what topics we might cover, partly as I don't have any guests locked in just yet. But it's obvious from our brief overview before that the possibilities are endless. I'll be hitting up people in my existing networks to start with, so you can probably expect some guests who have lived experience with the criminal justice or family violence systems. But there are so many intersecting vulnerabilities that affect my clients and others. I know that I'm not alone in knowing so very little about so many things in this space. I'd love to chat to someone from our local Indigenous community about the issues affecting them. I'm interested in exploring the housing crisis and the trickle-down effects of housing unaffordability and homelessness on the capacity of individuals and families to exercise other rights and benefits. Related to this are issues of poverty, food insecurity, hunger and malnutrition, which many people would be surprised to know exist within our community. I know that there are issues within the mental health system that are affecting people's ability to access appropriate treatment and live full and peaceful lives. There are barriers faced by our LGBTIQ plus communities, refugees and asylum seekers, those with disabilities and the culturally and linguistically diverse, just to name a few. By no means do I intend this to be an exhaustive list, nor do I intend to take a topic by topic approach. I expect that our potential guests' experiences will transcend various aspects of these and other topics, and I'm excited to see where the wind will take us. So in saying that, I'm calling out. What do you know that you want to tell the broader community about? What fabulous work are you doing? Who do you know that has an interesting story or is doing amazing things? For this to work, we need as broad a variety of respectful and inclusive perspectives as we can get. Please get in contact with me if you're interested in telling your story or know someone that you think I should connect with. I've set up an email address, justicesocialpodcast at gmail.com. I promise I won't hold you to anything and I'm happy to workshop your concept with you if you don't have it quite clear. I'm not after academics or experts, although I won't say no to them. I want to talk to ordinary people about their lives and their experiences. Just like to take a moment before we finish up to reflect on the intro music, which is a grab from JK47's cover of Tupac's Changes. This version was recorded live for Triple J's Like A Version in 2021. I was not a massive Tupac fan, but I'm from a generation where pop culture was inarguably affected by his music and legacy, and Changes certainly had a powerful and undeniable impact on me growing up. JK47 is a First Nation performer from the Tweed Heads area. His version includes cleverly and thoughtfully reworked lyrics and material sung in a traditional language of the Indigenous people of the Bundjalung Nation. It reflects on the past and calls for change, but remains steeped in hope for the future. JK47 has spoken openly about vulnerability and its power to heal intergenerational trauma. I was captivated when I heard this song, and I'll play it in its entirety in a minute. Music and arts have always played a pivotal role in the fight for social justice, and I look forward to exploring this further in future episodes. That about wraps it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. Yogan, Gagiwala, Nungungiwala, Mulungai. Yogan, Gagiwala, Nungungiwala, Mulungai.